Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. The late Michael K. Williams taught me something very clearly and pointedly in our time together. Uh, I witnessed it and, and we also spoke about it. You can get something, you can tell something how you want it to be, or you can tell something how it is. And telling something how it is, is harder and it hurts more, but the healing is greater. You know, telling something how you want it to be, you'll feel good, but it's the um, the benefits don't last as long. And I think what we did with Devotion is we, we tell the story how it is. Jonathan Majors still keeps his Lovecraft Country co-star, the late Michael K. Williams, in his heart and as inspiration when tackling new projects like his latest film, Devotion. I'm Janelle Riley. On this week's episode of the award-winning Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we sit with Jonathan Majors to talk about devotion and try to get him to spill about his place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Later, we chat with actor Tucson Voodoo about The Woman King. But first, the roundtable discusses how the director's race is shaping up and also looks toward the release this weekend of Wakanda Forever. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Well, hi, everyone. On the uh, final day of democracy, as we record this, it is Michael Schneider from Variety, along with Janelle Riley. Who has the giggles, sorry. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Jazz Tankay. Those giggles are contagious. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and then Clayton Davis. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> right. Well, you got to laugh. Yeah. yeah. We're recording this on uh, election day, so yeah, this actually may never be released. Actually, because it went out <laughs> right? outlawed. Well, and also by Thursday, the world could end tonight. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it was. I'm glad to spend this final moments with all of you. Yeah, Aww. yeah. It was yeah. a good run. Yeah, it was a good run. It was a good uh, yeah. America had a good, 250 yeah. year run. Good, or... good, good run. We so. got nominated for an award. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We, oh, we are uh, uh, nominated this year once That's again right, for a LA Press Club. That's right. That's a wow. first. All of us. Yeah. Nominated. Yeah. yeah, along with Emily as well. So Shane here, so she don't count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. But yeah, congrats. So for your consideration, uh... if you can still vote. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call someone and be very upset that they didn't write about us and put us in the headline that we were nominated. <laughs> yeah, where's where's our feature story? Where where's our special Can't issue? Can't believe we're not the cover <laughs> of the award season launch. <laughs> we totally should get a uh, variety to do a FYC ad for us. Hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. As soon as I get those new headshots. 
All right. <laughs> Janelle, do you want to moderate the panel? Oh, yeah. God, can I please have a night off? No, on second thought, I don't. I forget I said that. If any publicists are listening, I don't want a night off. Yeah. Yeah. I just bought a new home. I need, well, yeah, congratulations, I need to stay busy. By the way. Yay. Closing time. Yeah, but like I'm trying to keep busy and not think about other things because, uh, you know, it's a month out from moving and I just, you know, I want to book my mover today and I want to start, you know, painting the walls. And no, no, you, you just have to sit and wait for a whole month. Closing time. Make sure you have internet when you move in. That's the first thing you That need. was the first thing I did yesterday in the inspection was talk about internet. <laughs> so we're going to have uh, panels and, and uh, events at your place? Is that the, sure. the plan? Sure. Wilbur would you're, love you're that. The, you're the new Ross house, right? That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't mind a big, dopey, drooly pit bull oh, yes, jumping all over you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Riley He's house. got his own room now. I love oh. The Riley house. <laughs> Only, only in Janelle's house does the dog get its own room. That's well, I am moving for the dog, no joke, mm. because my n- current neighbors uh, are terrible about the dog, and he deserves his own outdoor space. So that is 90% of the reason why I'm moving. And also, he, he is not small. <laughs> <laughs> He's smaller than you'd think. I know in pictures he looks giant because of that head. Yeah. But when people see him, what he looks like is an, is an overgrown French bulldog. He's actually built very low to the ground. Just compact. Yeah, okay. Very Just, compact. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a little Pixar dog. He's got like all these muscles popping on his body, but he's a big, big sweetie. Pixar dog. Dear Pixar, if you're listening, <laughs> animators. And he was part of my Halloween costume. Yes. I you saw, uh, yeah, I built yeah. my Halloween costume. Around. Oh, God, I'm that person, aren't I? I voted for you, uh, by the way. Thank you. I don't think I'm actually eligible because I didn't fill out the paperwork properly. <laughs> That's that's how they screw you in elections, right? Yeah. <laughs> All roads yeah. lead back it's to too real, Mike. It's oh too my real. gosh, <laughs> it was rigged. It's always rigged, but it was everything, everywhere at once uh, related, which yes. is uh, a good segue into. Yep. I mean that the, I, the power, the I power, do, of Michelle Yeoh. I adore that movie. And you saw so, it? I did. I, oh, wait, 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 I, didn't know, I don't think we knew this. Mike saw a movie. Oh, I know. Hey. <laughs> Movies. Oh, you know, the other movie that I adore that's not eligible for Oscars, but I'm going to be all about uh, Emmy time was weird. The yeah. Al Yankovic story. Yeah. Have you yeah. watched it yet? Yeah, it's it's going to be our new Hamilton this year. That's going to be probably film at the Golden Globes, but then TV other places. It's going to start jumping that's around. So weird. Like, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but what a what a fun movie. Big get for the Roku channel. Yeah. I imagine a lot of people are getting Roku now or using it. Or... I don't think people – maybe I'm reading this wrong because look, I'm looking through the lens of not a regular person that's not in the industry. Do people know where Roku channel is and do they know it's on their Roku? <laughs> well, I hope if you have Roku, you couldn't escape it. I don't. So I I've, don't got, I've got Roku on my TV, so yeah. it was like they did a good job of really pushing it out. Oh, yeah, it was all over. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, otherwise, you can still download the, the app, even if you have oh, like, really? Apple TV. Or, oh, yeah, I don't you can think... download the Roku See? channel. Is it a subscription? Do you have to pay? No, it's free. It's it's ad supported. So oh, there you, do, you, go. you do have to put up with ads. But Wow. The it's like the Tubi of... Uh... Something. <laughs> it's like the Tubi of YouTube. Well, it's, it's these ad supported, like there's because there's, you know, Roku, uh, uh, Pluto, Tubi. So you can download those on your devices, even if you don't have a, say, a Roku. It's, it's sort of like you can download Apple TV Plus, even though you don't have an Apple TV device. Let me delete my Quibi and uh, 
down at rope. Yes, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do have a uh, interview with a Charlie Collier, uh, who formerly was at Fox and AMC, who's now heading up Roku Media in this week's uh, magazine. Oh, so, nice. Do check out. Nice little plug. There's, yeah, so let's plug away. Speaking of plugs. Oh, wait, uh, everything everywhere. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's so good. It's right? so good. I mean, it's just How many times did you cry? Yes. Oh, yeah, there's some tears. Um, but- but there's also, I mean, just some of the just the the fun elements that you don't expect. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all in. Who who was your favorite part of the movie? Now this this is an interesting question oh. because yeah. I think we all agree we, there, that there's different answers. Michelle and Key are getting nominations. Why are we not talking about Stephanie Hsu as a front runner? Right, she's amazing in that. Oh, movie. I mean, she, but she's also the person I think is least likely to get nominated. Yeah, I think, I think Jamie Lee Curtis is totally getting nominated. I think they both are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, part of it is Stephanie Hsu isn't as well known as the other names, so you you got to start with that. So Ooh, she, Maisel heads do not like you right now. <laughs> Maisel heads is that what they call? Yeah. They are called Maisel so, heads. I mean, right? she's 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 known, but not to the degree yeah, that I no, mean. No, come sure. on, mm-hmm. when you, you talk about a Michelle Yeoh, who's like a, a superstar, and, and I knew her as young grandma on Aquafina as Nora from Queens. Yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, she was actually yeah. she was that's where she met the Daniels and oh. ended up being cast in the movie. Yeah, and and even Key's an icon, so you know going going back to Goonies. So so you know it's and and of course Jamie Lee Curtis. So when you look at the four of them, she's the less least known of the four, but nonetheless, I mean she really. I mean, she drives that movie. I mean, it's all about her. So, and and she's fantastic in all those different personas. So, yeah. Does she make you feel bad about your own physical abilities as a human? Because she is 60 and she does all that. Are you talking about Jamie Curtis? Oh. No, I was talking about uh, Michelle. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought we were still talking about Stephanie Hsu. Yeah, Stephanie yeah. Hsu is not <laughs> 60. I thought you, you said 16. I was like, no. I believe 16 before I believe yeah. 60. Claim to everyone at all times make me feel bad about my... Oh, my, my God. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. But, but Key is great. And he's also, like, just a fabulous human. And fitting in this great um, trend now, because three times is a trend, Paul Racy, Troy Kotzer, and now maybe... As what, like, oh. veteran As, like, just veteran stuff. unknowns that, like, get this big break late in life. He's 51, and... Just there is all uh, I love that there is always that story of, yeah. of someone mm-hmm. who is sort of always there, but we kind of like didn't appreciate them and they kind of disappeared for a while and suddenly are, are back yeah. super strong. Yeah. So, so that's 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 a good story. Good. You'll hear an interview with him soon. Oh, on this podcast, on this podcast, this award winning award winning and, and now nominated, nominated podcast yes. we broke records you've never been nominated if you're, nom- say, did we win if you're nominated for podcast and episode the same year as you don't win best <laughs> <laughs> um but speaking of uh plugging some of our stories coming up clayton you've got uh your your columns dealing with director, director race. and actually everything everywhere is a really good segue um into that because as you know internet talks about what's going to win best picture i have a hard time seeing everything everywhere winning best picture not because it's not deserving we are asking the academy to get really cool remember a woman slept with a fish Uh, yes yes but it was also seriously (laughs) sleeping with a fish not like kicking butt wild i think the older academy I feel like they're not going to go for it. So my hump I see is director. That will prove to me that it could do it. It's so mm-hmm. hard to look at that movie and yeah. not reward the directorial achievement, though. I mean, that. I mean, when we rank branches of 
problems. Director's Branch is third in that yeah. ranking. That's why I think Daniels have like the biggest hump to get through. And this is also a, a lot of people think that Michelle Yeoh is going to win, rightfully so. Think he's going to win, rightfully so. And then they also throw in screenplay. And when you do that, then I'm like, we're talking about some major Oscars now. Like, I think we need to include picture, but I need to see. Well, what about editing? Editing, too. Again, we're talking about just a lot. Yeah. Makeup. I think it's going to get costumes. Yeah. So much. I think it just needs. And listen, uh, someone told someone here that works with us, one of our colleagues, that they really believe Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win. Absolutely. She's totally going to win the Globe. I know that already. Like, she's going to win the Globe in a walk. And then after that, like, SAG, that goes mass to the masses. That could happen. So, yeah, maybe. I just need to see the director that ensemble thing is a big threat at SAG. It's interesting. I'm sorry I'm making a little segue here, but you know, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio premiered at AFI over the weekend, and I believe they're doing a push for SAG cast ensemble for the voice cast, and I could absolutely see it happening. Yeah. I mean, they never uh, – we live in this world where voice acting is so looked down upon, and people don't have Not by people enough. who have ever tried to do it. I, I, no, no, this, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I, but I, I remember having this combo. I was having this combo at, uh, in college with uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Finding Nemo. You had a conversation in college with Ellen DeGeneres? With, uh, well, well about, about, about <laughs> okay. Ellen DeGeneres and Finding Nemo, because everyone was like, this is like an Oscar-worthy voice performance. And then we were people were just like, no. And then it came up again during her, Scarlett Johansson. Yes, yes. And then people were like, eh, no. And then we keep having it. It's like, come on now. Can we just do it? Because Ewan McGregor in Pinocchio is is incredible. So good. And by the way, Mike, kid-friendly. Not as dark as you think it would be. Definitely. I've seen darker Pinocchio. Yeah. I've seen, and this, I've seen this darker one has. Guillermo yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is not a dark. Yeah. Well, it's you, on brought, Netflix. you brought your daughter too. I brought my daughter. And I thought, and she loves horror movies. So I was like, oh, then this would be like her speed. And she was like, like, she's like, it was sad. <laughs> like, mm. definitely sad. But it, I also don't like Pinocchio. Like, oh, no, the, I the have. Story the, the story Pinocchio. freaks me out because yeah. I've, I've seen so many adaptations. And there's this one in particular that was a stage play mm. that severely traumatized mm-hmm. me. And so one of the things I really love about the new Pinocchio is that, yes, it's, it's got these moments of seriousness, but it is so joyful. It's a whimsical musical. How like, many takes on Pinocchio do we really need? This, like, to we this max year. Them yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen. Just over the years. Can we just call it good Pinocchio from here on out? I mean, listen. This is the best we, one. I mean, we are going to see an Emmy race that it's going to be weird versus Pinocchio, Tom Hanks version. <laughs> so I'm joking. I'm, yeah. I'm completely joking about that. <laughs> um, no, but looking at Pinocchio and what it achieves, it's beautiful. I think we could look at production design for it because i think that is possible maybe visual effects score feels like a really easy get and then that song ciao Ciao, papa Papa. oh my gosh it's this one are you crying no sorry that was my imitation (laughs) of clayton's daughter (laughs) it is that that story is 100 percent true and it's and it's hurtful and then she was staring at me during the movie she looked over at me like two or three times and i was like like get a grip old man the, the, I, I didn't cry actually i really didn't but you didn't uh, cry during Pino- i you didn't i was, so, I was surpri- stone. no i'm not because i cry in everything i didn't cry in this but that, that's not to say it wasn't sad i was so sad but i was just like oh i didn't cry but everything everywhere i bawled yeah i bawled into my mask i thought i was gonna drown the stephanie yeah. the stephanie shoe scene at the end that's what like sent me over sent me over the edge well Going back to everything everywhere, 
it's interesting, you know, I don't know if you've seen it too, but like at the screenings, they are packed and they're so enthusiastic. And where are we now? Like November? And this film came out in April, right? So I almost people are, jazz, by the way, saying like, it's not November. It, to- <laughs> it totally is November. <laughs> people are coming back for like multiple screenings. It was a popular costume yeah. at uh, Comic-Con this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I thought uh, it was so original. For wait, uh, the seventy shoe or just uh, oh, the anything? seventy shoe? Oh, okay. Yeah. There were a lot of raccoonies as well. I saw. It. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. no, that's great. Oh, that's that so may good. be my favorite part of that. Yeah, that's the best part. Do you see Patton Oswalt really loved everything, everywhere, all at once? Yeah, he does. Yeah. When the voice of Ratatouille, yeah, signs off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you know you're. It in all place. comes together. Yeah. Um, what, one other thing about everything, everywhere, um, and this actually comes on the heels that today the whale dropped its trailer finally a month before it's released. Um, A24 has always been good, slow and steady through a season. I've never really seen them juggle multiple things like the way they're about to have to do this whole season with everything everywhere, the whale and the inspection mm-hmm. and the inspection's really good. And if they just had the inspection, I would feel good that the inspection's going to do some stuff. But now that they're juggling, it's hard. I mean, listen, Netflix has sh- trouble juggling. So imagine a 24 having to do the champagne same. problems. Yeah. I was going to say high class, high class <laughs> problem. <laughs> How do you feel about Sony having to, Sony Picture Classics having to juggle living, which I feel is getting a lot of steam. We talked about this the other mm-hmm. day. And The Sun. The Sun, I think, I mean, if I'm being honest with myself, The Sun, I think, is just in trouble right now, picture-wise. Uh, I think Hugh still feels good. I think Laura Dern still, feel, still feels possible. Living is the quintessential late contender that could, that this is... Not Coda, but like Coda, like where people every every time people see it, they just love it. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people have seen it. It's also played at every single fall festival except for New York, and I don't think anyone realized that. And if anyone knows Telluride, especially Julie Huntsinger does not take Sundance movies, Mm. and the fact that she took it says something, and people loved it there. So watch out, and Bill Nye, man. I'm ready for his moment. Yeah, he's so great. He, um, what I was going to say about the sun is, I think that it's just now starting to really be seen by Mm -hmm. people because I didn't hear about it for a long time, and obviously with played AFI this weekend, and um, just I'm just now starting to get feedback, and the feedback is really positive. Like I, I wasn't sure because I had heard sort of divisive things out of the festival from critics, but um, everyone I've spoken to has been has has really really found it powerful, and everyone loves Anthony Hopkins is one scene mm-hmm. and it's it's at like i think it's like 50s and around tomatoes and i think i always tell people i i think you're in a good place when you're in the 50s rather than like 75 because 50 shows there's passion i think people who love the sun like that's me, exactly love what it the is sun. yeah but people who don't like it don't like yeah. it because it is heavy subject like when mike sees it Oh, Mike won't see it. Oh, I don't think I want to see it. Because <laughs> I, I, I know enough about it. And that, that sounds rough. Yeah. It, it, Honest, it, honestly, to ha- especially when you have a kid that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, ju- or just even were a kid that age. That Like, it, it is, it's heavy stuff. I showed it to Jessica for the first time this weekend. Oh, my gosh. And, and she, like, didn't cry, which I would talk about hollow tin chest. That's that woman. Um, but she was, <laughs> but she was, um, she liked it. She was the kid is very divided with people. I think he's yeah. fantastic. I think he's I think great he's, too. I think he consciously made a choice, him and director Florian Zeller, mm-hmm. to not play it 
uh, he has, you know, uh, he's a, has the son, the titular son struggling with <laughs> mental problems, yes, to not play it in ways that we've seen before, mm-hmm. which I found to be very accurate and true. But yeah. I think people who, who don't criticize that performance are thinking, you know, well, in the past when I've seen this role play, exactly. this is how it was done. Yeah. And Jessica was like, you know, the kid's so annoying. I'm like... He's, he is annoying, but I think you're supposed to be because we've, we, we've known people like that in our lives that when they like are when they're he's depressed, a teenage boy, of he's course, a teenage yeah. boy, he yes. should be like that all the way. He's by the I way, have two teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they're annoying. Yep. <laughs> That's the point. Yes. And, Sin McGrath, one of our 10 actors to watch, by the way, by the way, British. Is he a Brit? No he way. He is a Brit. He's one of you. Actually, I think he's Australian, isn't he? Or worse. Then yeah. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> So is so is Hugh. <laughs> so, Clay, do you want to go back to directors? Real oh, quick? yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, sorry, that and, was my yeah, bad. Yeah. No, no. It was it was, it was a needed discussion. So, Fableman's uh, this week at AFI had its moment. Mm-hmm. First of many. I mean, yeah. listen, it's going to take an act. It, it's early, so I'm not saying this definitively, but I feel like it's going to take an act of Jesus, no pun intended, to unseat. Steven Spielberg and this Jesus, year. Jesus is a Spielberg fan, yeah, too. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> not sure if that's even going to happen. I think uh, it is because we've been at this moment of like, you know, Spielberg deserves a third, right? Like, we should just do this already. But here's a problem I have. People are really quick to do a split and be like, oh, he'll win director and something else will win picture. I don't think Spielberg wins without that movie winning picture. I so agree. I, mm-hmm. I kind of think if he's winning, guys, we just need to accept this. Doesn't mean it that he can't lose because I think Martin McDonough could beat him. I think Banshees. Banshees. Oh, Banshees. Don't huge. underestimate. Don't Banshees. underestimate Colin Farrell. Yeah. Don't under- underestimate Brendan Gleeson. Don't estimate, underestimate Carrie Condon. Yeah. yeah. People, the Carrie Condon thing is mm, happening. It's real. Man. It's real. And I still, and I think, I don't know if you guys saw my predictions, I think Barry Keegan's getting in. I totally do because mm-hmm. that's, yeah. a, that's a typical Martin McDonough thing where two people get yep. into supporting actor from one of his movies. Okay, it happened once, but it's a thing. <laughs> it happens. You can keep it. Um, and then the women in the race, Sarah Polly, women yes. talking. I think she still feels good at the oh, moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually, I believe if Spielberg were to lose and we were to do a split, quote unquote, I could see Polly winning director and Ban- and yep. Banshee's winning picture. That can happen. Yeah. Um, and then the other is Gina Prince Bythewood, the Woman King. But I think we're overdue for a black woman to get nominated for director. I think. Yeah. Do you have Anton Fuqua? On your I, list? Uh, he is number 11. Okay. I haven't seen No, it. no one's seen Emancipation. No one's seen yeah. I mean, I'm hearing great things. I hear phenomenal yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, I think that they have to be pretty confident to release a Will Smith movie this year. So, um, Wait, why? What happened? I huh? hear <laughs> <laughs> uh, it slaps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just gets better every time. Well, you cured my giggle. Yeah. Um, actually, actually, would you... How how are you with slavery movies typically? Like was that is that some of this? Because I heard this is like pretty hard, like harder than Twelve Years a Slave hard. Mm. So I don't know how people feel about that in general. You just the, the poor, you just kind of deal the one white guy in this room, and you just put him on the spot. <laughs> oh, uh, well, that, cause, no, because we were talking about the son. So then I just looked yeah. over at him to ask him like about 
Them. How do you feel about slavery? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you... Love them. Love them. It reminds me of uh, my favorite Kumail Nanjiani uh, joke in The Big Stick. Oh, my it's God. Like, it's like, oh, it was anti-9-11. Yes. We lost, what, some of our best mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. on that day. I mean, it's it's there is a discussion to be had about, you know, uh, you know Underground Railroad was an example of, you know, was yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, impacted by, you know, the, the first couple episodes being hard watches and and does that prevent people from i mean that's especially that's uh, that was a limited series so that was a lot that people yeah. had to watch um but that is a, it's 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 a good question on how that impacts you know people watching in order to you know then get behind it uh did you say underground railroad <laughs> this week's guests Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Schneider segue. (laughs) That was an unintentional. (laughs) um, The last thing I want to end on, though, real quick is um, the sleeper contenders that no one's paying attention to. And uh, aside from Todd Field, who was our guest last week, who is. I think everyone's paying attention. I just want to say his name. That's all. He's not he's not a sneaking contender. He is Um, Ruben Oshelin. Yes. Yep. uh, Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I go back to something Nathaniel Rogers, who writes for the Film Experience, told Jazz and I during our panel at Middleburg, said the best international feature of the film, uh, best international feature film of the year is in English. That's it's true. Triangle yeah. of Sadness. That's true. And he could be like the Thomas Vinterberg yep. of this year. I, absolutely. And people love people him, by the way. And he has such a distinctive style. Yep. But they love this film yeah. a lot and they love Dolly. The yes, Dolly. Yeah. Um, and then the other two are how much how far do you think top gun is really gonna go i think it's getting a best picture nom yep yeah possibly a tom cruise nom mm-hmm. so do you think it's gonna have a lot of below the line support do you think yeah. it's do you think joe kaczynski's in the i combo? think he could yeah how do you feel about that mike about that direction that airplane <laughs> direction in in the film he took the highway to the danger zone yeah, he did. Mm. um you remember the movie torque it was like kind of like a Fast and the Furious oh, spin-off or something. Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I saw a trailer for it in the movie theater, and it's, you know, all bam, 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 and then it just comes up, and the voice goes, torque. And someone in the audience goes, more like dork. <laughs> <laughs> and we all I would have died. So stupid. I would have That would have been <laughs> great. Yeah. I, and Adam Scott, who actually starred in torque, I remember telling him that story. And now every time I see him, he says, more like dork. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, the last one is... The one that I think people are not coming to terms with, Boz Lerman for Elvis. Oh, yes. yeah, no. Absolutely. A- absolutely, yeah. Elvis is going to overperform in yeah. a lot of ways. It's not, it just it, feels like a long time ago. I mean, we have been here before. Bohemian Rhapsody open, and people are like, nope, nope, Austin nope. Butler's in. Yeah, I am feeling very I, secure about I that. Think, He's I think in. the movie's in. Yep, like, people love I the think, movie. I think it arguably could get like seven, eight nominations, and I think it wins production design and costume, maybe. I think it could win like sound. And I think Butler. Do not, I am not picking a best actor favorite right now or, or winner because I, I could, there's three people I could see winning at this point. I will say my my dream is uh, is Luca Guadagnino for Bones and All. I just want to say that out loud. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. Does Warner Brothers have anything else in the race to concentrate on? Really? I mean, I mean, if they're putting all their money on Elvis, listen, don't discount that. Don't worry, darling. We're fine. <laughs> Drum roll! Oh. I I await the Olivia Wilde Golden Globe nomination for Best Director, though it's, it's right. It's, it's so gl- it's so globy. We can't we can't say it won't happen. All right, so moving on to opening this weekend, we have one minute to talk about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Is it opening film. this weekend? Is it this it's weekend? This weekend, the eleventh. Oh, it is. 
Uh, Wakanda Forever is really good. I will say they did the best with what with the hand they were dealt. You keep saying that, but I actually think it's really great. No, despite, I, yeah. I think, no, I think and that doesn't mean I think it's bad. I right, think it's, right. I think it's really, It's not the first. The first is definitely yes. better. Yeah. And I think when you get dealt a hand, like the hand they were dealt, they did the best that they could. I think Angela is phenomenal. Angela Bassett she is, is fantastic. Incredible. And are the best shot at an acting nomination. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. MCU acting nom, possibly, which is... Which doesn't feel right when you say it. You're like, wait. It doesn't, but then at the same time, it's appropriate. It should be Angela Bassett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she deserves everything. And But maybe we shouldn't talk about it because we don't want to dissuade people from seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Visually, no. it's stunning. It no, I, th- I thought it was great. Yeah. And uh, I guess you can say a little bit early now, congratulations, Rihanna, maybe? Oh, the song? I I dare you to try to beat it. I mean, RRR, go for it. Like, you guys will be a great battle there, but I think them two are going to fight that out. All right. Well, I am looking forward to seeing it. Oh, you didn't With see it yet? The rest. <laughs> In 2025. Is it, too, is it too difficult for you to see, Mike? <laughs> it, it is long, though. You know, everyone said that, and it's funny because I actually didn't feel the length, but I recognize that everyone else yeah. is saying I didn't, that. I didn't feel it yeah. being long at all. I just the emotion. Get ready for the emotional roller yeah. coaster. Right, you'll cry right. a minimum yeah. of eleven times. All right, I need a good cry. Yeah, it's a good healthy yeah. cry. Yeah, it'll be good to watch this weekend as uh, democracy burns. And on that note, we'll see you <laughs> next week. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, devotion star Jonathan Majors from Los Angeles. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. It's the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. I'm Janelle Riley. Jonathan Majors knows how to keep a secret. Ask him about his role or roles in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically that of Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and he'll play along at first. But of course, the actor isn't going to divulge anything about that particular project. What he can talk about, however, is his upcoming film, Devotion, a rousing crowd-pleaser based on the 2017 book, Devotion, an epic story of heroism, friendship, and sacrifice. The film tells the story of Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner, two fighter pilots in the Korean War. Major stars as Brown, the first black aviator in the history of the U.S. Navy, a complex man fighting for a country where many don't accept him. It's good to know the men you're flying with. See what they're fighting for. What are you fighting for? Hoping to find that out. Try to keep up! This is war. And we're up. Can't tell you how many times people have told me to give up and quit. Die even. That's why you can't always do what you're told. If I did... 
I wouldn't be here. Devotion may have all the expected action and awesome aerial work expected of the genre, but the film is by no means predictable, as everyone involved recognized there were certain tropes and traps they wanted to avoid. The leads are aided by a wonderful supporting cast, including Christina Jackson as Jesse's wife, Daisy, who serves in many ways as the heart of the story. But it's a star turn for Majors, who has quickly established himself as a major presence in a relatively short amount of time. He graduated from the Yale School of Drama in 2016 and by 2017 was starring in the limited series When We Rise and appearing alongside Christian Bale in Hostiles. I recently caught up with Majors to talk about devotion, but of course I began by asking him to tell me everything he could about the upcoming Ant-Man. Yeah, no problem. You want to start from um, a Paul Rudd's point of view? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should start from Michelle Pfeiffer's. (laughs) So, um... As you know, <laughs> you you're such a good actor. I was like, oh my God, he's really going to say this is something. This going to happen. This is going to happen. You must be good at keeping secrets, though, because we talked about two years ago on this like exact date, mm. and I thought that it was established that you were... I wasn't trying to trick you, I swear. I right. thought it had been established you were in the Marvel Universe, and you right. were like... You were very good at dodging the question, because I right. didn't realize it hadn't been confirmed. Right. Um, so for someone to be able to keep secrets for that long, right. and for another five years, probably... Mm. Yeah, well said. (laughs) (laughs) So we've had this conversation before where I feel like since 2017, you've been working nonstop. And that doesn't seem to have any sign of letting up. Was there something that happened in that time? Was there like a time when you decided like, okay, I'm done? Because I know you were in school for a long time. Mm -hmm. You said, okay, I'm ready to do it. This is when it happens. No, for me... Every story is peculiar. Every origin story is peculiar on how you, you kind of start. But I was just, I was at Yale. Uh, I was in my third year. And uh, I mean, a quick answer to your question is um, I saw an opportunity. I auditioned for it while in school and got it, you know, and that opportunity happened to be, it's who you start with, you know, it's who you start with. I think Sidney Poitier told Denzel and Denzel then told, um, my big brothers and, and the generation above me and therefore me that the most important thing about a career starting out is the first three rows you, you take, you know, cause that will establish everything. And I would say that's extremely true, but also in the small little world of uh, cinema and, and film and television, it's a who you do those three roles with. And I was quite fortunate that my first writer and director, uh, one was uh, Dustin Lance Black, um, and Gus Van Zandt. Mm. And those guys had just kind of, uh, I think they won the Oscar rather two years prior, you know, for Milk. And of course, they're, you know, legends in their own right and Oscar winners. And, and, and they're then close friends with a Scott Cooper, you know, and, and Scott Cooper uh, works with uh, a beautiful uh, producer and a friend of mine, John Lesher. And then John Lesher is also doing a film with a guy named Yann Demange. Um, so that, that would be... Not necessarily the first three, but the first three at a certain frequency. Uh, that was the TV series When We Rise into Hostiles, into uh, White Boy Rick. And Ian Demange also, of course, was an executive producer and directed the pilot of uh, uh, Lovecraft Country. You know, uh, all these things, mind you, I did audition for. You did? That was going to be my question. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did audition for. Uh, really? I, I, think I, I think my first non-audition was uh, uh, Spike Lee. Spike Lee's uh, The Five Bloods. 
that was the first time I didn't audition for a role. Does that, like, I know some actors who say they like to audition because mm-hmm. they want to feel they've earned the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know most actors who say they hate auditioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do you fall? I love auditioning. Really? Yeah, I love auditioning. Um, but I will say your auditioning went, it's for, oh, I gotta be careful here, but I, I say for myself, like, you do have a certain amount of security uh, when you get the job after an audition. And the longer the process, the more uh, security you have. But then you realize all that security is essentially horseshit because on the day you're just as nervous, you know, you're just as, you know, antsy. And so what I've found very much to the beginning of, you know, those relationships of who I'm working with and the work that I'm doing with them is when you meet with somebody and they get to know you and really know you and it's on, it's on you as the artist, uh, or I feel like it's on me as the artist to continue to keep that truth going um, as the character begins. So, now it doesn't matter to me, you know, if you want to audition, that just lets me know how you want to play the game, you know, and, and I come from the theater and that's how you get jobs in the theater, you know, and so I don't mind auditioning. When was the last time you auditioned? Ooh, the last one was, um, oh my goodness, was it Last Black Man in San Francisco? Oh, so it's been a while. Well, I shot three films before Last Black Man in San Francisco. So, yeah, audition for Hostiles, this film Out of Blue. No, I did not audition for Out of Blue. Captive State, I auditioned for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I auditioned. I mean, I did have that run, you know, but also I auditioned and didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. That's the part we're not talking about. Right, we're just talking right. about the jobs that, 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 oh, you ultimately you do the job, but how'd you get there? Uh, there's a, I mean, I, there's a lot, you know, that I didn't necessarily get. Um, no, not. <laughs> There's no, there's no necessary, I didn't get the job, you know, so there's no gray area there. I didn't get the job. There's plenty of those, yeah. you know, a, a lot more than what I, what I did get. Uh, not to dwell on that subject because. We can, yeah. I'm not afraid. <laughs> no, I just think you're such an actor's actor. I, I, I think that people would love to know if, if there's anything you picked up over the course of auditioning that you think would help people in that room. Anything you learned that, you know, to, to deal with while you're there or even the rejection afterwards. I would say, um. And I just say this because this is what I do, you know, um, I don't audition, you know, uh, you have to understand you're, you know what you're going to do. It's not like you're going to audition for a film and they're going to put you on stage or they're going to put you, you know what it's going to be. And when you're auditioning for film or TV in particular, they have language, you know, there's language that lets you know what it is you're doing. You're essentially shooting your coverage. That's what you're doing. You're shooting your coverage. The people watching watch TV. You know what I mean? If they watch cinema. You know, do that. You know, this is your time. You have the camera. You can set up the shot. If you have questions, you can look it up online. What's a wide? What's a medium? It's probably going to be a medium that that you're shooting your shot in. Do that. Do yourself a favor and and then allow people to use their imagination more. I mean, you have the paper in your hand. It's hard for them to think that you're actually doing it. And that may be hard. I know some um, auditors may say, no, hold the paper. That's fine. Uh, but I didn't. Uh, and I never do it to me. It makes me, um, really just makes me nervous, you know, lets me know you don't know it. If you knew it, you wouldn't have the paper. Mm-hmm. In your hand. Um, and you have to do it for yourself. You know, this is your time, uh, to shoot the movie. You know, I say a lot of times, the times in which I did audition and now the times in which, you know, you're preparing for the role. I've already shot the movie. You know what I mean? I've already lived this character to a degree. Now, the interesting part is when I get to with everybody else and, and we're all playing together, that's a whole different thing. And that's what you're fighting for. That's what you're staying up late for, you know. But for the most part, when you go in there to audition, don't audition. Know the role. Know who you are in the role. 
play it as honestly and as truthfully as you possibly can, you know, and then you've done it. There's no question. And then the other thing I would say is you're going to hurt. This is not a um, comfortable profession. You know, you're going to hurt. You can hurt now. You know, you can prepare properly and miss some sleep and be uncomfortable with the context of the piece and find a way to get in there and really do it. Or you can hurt later when you're sitting around with the rest of the folks that didn't get the job. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean just because you hurt, you're going to get it. But, you know, you can stand up straight. At least I could. I could stand up straight and say, okay, you know, and I would say to my team as we got further down the line, they didn't want to make that movie. I'm showing them what movie I'm going to make. And so it's best that we don't collaborate Mm -hmm. because we clearly disagree. You know, <laughs> um, so keep, that helps you keep the peace, I think. I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Hopefully yes. the right reason. That's right. Um, one role I know you didn't audition for is Devotion. I mm-hmm. love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we may have spoken about it like two years ago when you were first signed on to do it because I was telling you how much I love Glenn Powell. Yes. 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 <laughs> and, and and now I understand why you love Glenn Powell. Is he the greatest? Oh, man, there's levels to it. And he's on the, he's on the highest level. Old school movie star. Classic yeah. movie star. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's all of them kind of rolled up into one, you know. Yeah. Did you know anything about Jesse Brown's story when this story came your way? Because I'm I'm embarrassed to admit I didn't. No, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I think that's why the movie's being made. Yeah. You know, because um, I I too uh, didn't know much. No, I, I didn't know anything about him. I did have um, a working knowledge of the uh, Korean War as I had um, played a Korean War veteran before he was in the army. But no, I had had no understanding, clue, or inclination uh, that Jesse Brown uh, was such an American hero, that he was the first black naval aviator, um, that he had made his way from the fields of Mississippi and and somehow ascended into the sky, you know, And, and... his humanity, I also didn't have, I didn't have any idea of how great this individual was. Which is one of the reasons why I wanted to play the role so badly. Yeah. yeah. So I heard you had, it wasn't an audition, but I heard your first meeting with Glenn was kind of unusual. Yeah. It seemed commonplace for me. It seemed normal for me. But um, no, it's quite, it is quite unusual. Uh, I now know it's quite unusual. Usually when you have a, a meeting, you want to pick a quiet place, a hotel, um Soho House or um, what's it, San, San Vince or how, whatever it is. The bungalows. Uh, the, bung- the bungalows, the bungalows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, not not me. I was I was already in New York um, at the time and I had in my diary that I, w- I was going to this place at this, at this particular time and the place was uh, the Russian-Turkish bathhouse. Now, those of you who don't know who the... <laughs> uh, the Russian-Turkish bathhouse, it's just a house. It's just, it's a, it's a sauna. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's, spa. It's a sauna. Okay. It's not quite a spot. It's not. It's not very luxurious. It's like a. It's like a staple in New York City. And uh, I'm sitting out there. Uh, it's winter time. Around this time, it was, it was around the Gotham Awards, I remember. And um, he came by. I'm sitting there, and he's walking down the road. And on his, you know, I think he had shot Top Gun already, and he was coming down in his um, his flight jacket. And uh, I saw him. and I was like, "Well, okay, we get it. You know." You, Shot Taco, you know, yeah, 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 Tom Cruise. We got it, we got it, we got it, bro. Um, <laughs> Humble brag. Uh, uh, yeah, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got it. Um, but and rather, uh, we met and uh, we had a chat, and and we had this chat in the Russian Turkish bathhouse, which is probably the hottest place in New York City, even in the summer. Uh, it is. 
I've been going since I was about you know 20 years old, and uh, we went. I was probably three years. So I was 30, so I've been going for a while now. And I think it was. I know for a fact it was his first time there, and uh, we sat in that bathhouse uh, for about three hours. And in that three hours, um, I would say we walked in Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell, and we walked out Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner. We sweated it out, we chatted it out, and he he explained to me, you know, one why he was so attracted to the story, the ancient quality of the story that this was unique in in many ways, and we hadn't seen it before. He brought to my attention the story of uh, Ensign Jesse Brown and the tremendous feats he had accomplished and the relationship between him and Tom. And that was, um, that was magnificent, you know, and it's something I hadn't heard before. And I saw in him, you know, <laughs> with us drenched uh, in this bathhouse, you know, that he was, he was down for the cause, you know, I mean, anyone who's seen the film or anyone who has any idea about what, you know, flying planes is like, let alone what, you know, a dogfight is, you know, where you have multiple planes fighting warring in the air you know the person you're in the air with your wingman i mean literally you know no hyperbole live and die by uh that individual's skill set and um trust and as minor or as um quotidian as it may seem you know two guys sitting in the bathhouse uh, i think we saw in each other in that moment that we were we were willing to you know go through the fire together you know and um I mean, to this day, he's, you know, he's probably one of my best friends and, you know, definitely one of the most intimate collaborators, <laughs> probably because we met in the bathhouse. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that's how we did it. It wasn't a, wasn't, wasn't standard procedure, uh, but how could it be? You know, there's a line in the, in the film, you know, that says you can't always do what you're told, you know, and, and so we didn't, I didn't definitely, I had to meet me in the bathhouse. And then afterwards, uh, uh, we, uh, we had mezcal. <laughs> right, which, which you're not supposed to do after a steam. Which you're not supposed to do after a steam, but, you know, it is Glenn Powell and and, and, and me. So, I mean, try to tell us what to do. I dare you. <laughs> I would never. and and just We were probably listening to you, though. We probably would listen to you. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, you weren't trying to intimidate him. You were just going to be at this bathhouse anyway. And no, bathhouses are quite neat. relaxing. Yeah. You know, and uh, no, there was no intimidation. It was just, uh, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't know any better. You know, I just thought, this is what I'm doing, you know. Um, and I'm going there for, you know, essentially mental health, you know, physical health. I need to relax. I need to, you know, cool out. I've been traveling, you know. I do want to do this film, and I think you could maybe benefit from it, too. I think anybody could benefit from a good schwitz, you know. So um, so that's what we did. And uh, it, it worked out It worked out pretty well, in my, in my humble opinion. Not knowing better is my advice to everyone. If you don't know better, you can do some great things. You can do no some great telling things. You know. That's true. Or I mean, side note to not knowing better, uh, the planes. Glenn was very gracious in keeping some of his knowledge away from me because apparently these planes, all of them are 70 years old. And these planes don't come from the Smithsonian. They don't come from the, uh, I said this late, uh, late yesterday. These planes are essentially, they essentially belong to hobbyists, very skilled hobbyists, but hobbyists nonetheless. And, uh, you know, there's no inspection stickers on them. You know, like these guys, they don't kick the tires, none of that. It's just, it flies, it's good. You know what I mean? Wow. Uh, mind you, to have a, a Corsair, you've got to be a, a extremely, um, uh, intelligent 
uh, mechanic and pilot, you know, so they were, they were definitely safe, but they were not quote unquote certified. <laughs> uh, um, and you're flying them for real. And, and we were flying, we were riding in those wow. and, and, and I mean, all the planes, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. And, and when, uh, <laughs> when Glenn finally told me that, I think it was just two days ago, maybe he had some, something, he was like, yeah, man, like the f- uh, screws are bouncing. You feel it all going on. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was normal, you know? Um, and apparently there is a, there's a bit of normality to it because they're just old birds, you yeah. know, but, um, that's good yeah. producing to keep that from you. He's a great producer. After the movie. You know, he's a great producer, you know, um, I need work. Call me, call me Glenn. Hire me again, please. I can't wait for people to see this. I think people are going to go crazy. I mean, I know the people who have already seen it have gone crazy for it. Yeah, but you said something earlier. Uh, you said it's uh, it was just what you, what? underestimated. Underestimated. Yeah. Yeah and, I, yeah, and I thought that's interesting because um, it makes sense that it, that it would be just you know the nature of the. I mean, we're the young we're the young guns. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the we're the, we're the pups. You know, um, as I said, you know, none of our principals are over forty. You know, I don't think our producers are over 40, you know, so it's avant-garde, you know, and, and the story is also about, you know, young people and it's worth telling and it's worth doing, you know, so I really believe that I hope people come around, you know, and, and check out what the young kids were doing in Atlanta and Savannah, you know, all those months in the middle of COVID, at the height of COVID um, and, and check it out. It's Thanksgiving, you know. No better time to see it. Such a perfect Thanksgiving movie. I actually. think so. It's, yes. I mean, not Thanksgiving. You can watch it in. You watch it first of the year. You can watch it in September. You watch it in the middle of fireworks season. Doesn't matter. Art's art. Good film's a good film. An inspiring story is an inspiring story, and that's definitely that of Jesse Brown, Tom Hutner, the Thirty Twos, and the Brown family. I mean, I would say to some extent what I was saying earlier about how I expected it to, you know, hit these certain tropes. Yeah. That I underestimated it. Mm-hmm, even. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that I was so pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew it would be well acted. I knew it would look awesome. Mm. But it really did subvert my expectations in several different places. And I was I was so I mean, I can't I honestly can't remember the last time I went to a movie and, and like really didn't know what was going to happen. Well, uh, well, it's funny because there's a I mean, J.D. Dillard, our, our director, will say there's a very clear way that this movie could have been made. A lot of hand slaps and kumbaya and. You know, everything's great and, and all of that, you know, or there was, it's funny, the, the late Michael K. Williams taught me something very clearly and pointedly in our time together. I witnessed it and, and we also spoke about it. You can tell something how you want it to be, or you can tell something how it is. And telling something how it is, is harder and it hurts more, but the healing is greater. You know, telling something, you know, how you want it to be. You'll feel good, but it's the um, the benefits don't last as long. Mm-hmm. And I think what we did with devotion is we, we we tell the story how it is, you know, to the best of our ability. You know, um, we did that. Have you been able to see it, like with a packed house? I haven't watched it. You at yeah, all? Yeah, yeah. Do I, you it, normally not? I, it's not that I try not to watch it. I just don't. I I've seen some films I've been in, you know, but for the majority, I've not, you know, and and I've not seen that one. Uh, this one, you know, um, but I am I am quick to say to a director, usually early on in the process or sometimes even, you know, what you would call table work. It's like, hey, man, this is this is all I get. You know, I don't sometimes I don't care about the end product, but I care about the process of it. And I care about if I get it truthful in this little line here in this little moment and then I can do it the next moment. Or maybe I miss it this moment, but I get the next moment and the next moment. The inertia of the truth 
will make its way onto the screen, you know. And if you hold me to that and I hold you to that and we the ensemble holds each other to that, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. It's for the people. We're making it for the people, you know, uh, for the proletariat. You know, these are the people we want to see this film and, and be changed by it. You know, the homies, the bourgeoisie, everybody. It's for everybody to see. But I just worry about what I can do on the day. I wouldn't have signed on to the film if I didn't think it was going to be brilliant. A.A.B. Always assume brilliance, uh, which is something that we learned. And um, I picked it up someplace in my training. And that, that just helps you have faith in the other person, have faith in the process. And <laughs> J.D. Dillard, I mean, in his hands. And Eric Messerschmidt's hands. You know, Oscar nominee for Mank. Uh, Oscar, Oscar winner. winner excuse yes. me. Sorry, sorry, homie. Oscar, <laughs> for Oscar his first winner. movie. For his, this is what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's already there. I know people will be moved and changed and shifted and, and enlightened by it because I was. Do you normally not like to watch your movies or yourself? or is I it never just... watch playback. That's for damn really? sure. Really? I think that's yeah. so healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, that. Oh, my God. It's like, if you think about, when you're making a movie, they're telling you, like, you got to climb a fucking mountain. You know, like, I'm just looking at what's ahead, what's ahead of me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and just, just do that. Eat what's on your plate. Lift the weight in front of you. If you look at the gym and you go, you got to lift all this weight, you'll never do it. You know, do this now. Handle this now. And you don't want to be self-conscious. I don't want to be self-conscious. Some actors can do it. Yeah, no, totally. You know, but I also feel like we got so little time, you know, pressure cooker. Jesse Brown is not looking at the monitor. Yeah. If I go over there and look at the monitor, it's it's me looking at the monitor, which I've activated. All the work I've done to to build this individual, to try to conjure up this essence I'm completely disregarding to take a look at something. And when we shot this film, I, I mean, I, there was so much support. They didn't, didn't bitch at me when I didn't want to put the, uh, I, I don't even know what to call them. I, I don't use them. Uh, marks. You know what I mean? You know, I don't I try not to use marks, you know? Really? Yeah. It's, it's just, I just want to stay in the imagination. You know what I mean? In the bunks. No, why is there just this, this green mark yeah. on the ground? Pick it up, you know? Um, and it's just for me. Obviously, it's, you'll see it because, the other actors are using them you know what i mean and that's probably a headache i'm probably a big headache you know <laughs> i don't want that that's jonathan majors star of devotion which opens november 23rd in theaters after a solid showing at the box office excellent reviews and passionate fan responses the woman king has become one of the year's standout hits with plans to be competitive in the awards races for both major and artisan category attention one of the film's standout stars, Tuso Mbudu, will be campaigning for supporting actress attention. Variety's Clayton Davis recently spoke with Mbudu, who was the breakout sensation of 2021's Emmy-nominated series The Underground Railroad from director Barry Jenkins. They began by talking about the power of the response that The Woman King has been receiving. I don't cry. I'm like real, you know, I, I get paid to cry. That's what I always say. <laughs> but yesterday I really got emotional because the magnitude of the story that we've told, how it's been told, who we've told it with really sunk in. And so I'm just in a place where I feel really grateful to be afforded that. And having come from a project like the Underground Railroad, you know, I remember in Toronto before the movie premiered for the first time, John asked me, John Boyega asked me if I felt nervous at all. And I could confidently say to him, no, because I'm so proud of this project. And it it had me think back to the Underground Railroad, where even with the Underground Railroad, even though a lot of people haven't seen it, it's a project that 
I will always be proud of, you know, um, what other people say about it, what other people think, whether it gets nominations or not. It was such a beautiful story that Barry told in such a in a magnificent way that I know that it will stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. And so with both these projects, I'm just really grateful. And I feel like people will will continue to find it over yeah, over the exactly. next few it's years. Timeless. Yes. Really so is. I mean I'm okay with like a Blu-ray 4K box <laughs> set too. That's like fine as well. Barry, if you're listening, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um congratulations on the Woman King, just Thank like you. for being amazing and and the movie's doing so 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 well. I had your fearless leader, Gina Prince Bythewood, here a few weeks ago. Uh you know, just causing trouble, like just <laughs> running around the hallways. Yeah. Um, and she told me a lot of stuff that you guys uh, all did together. And a lot of it included exercise, which yes. I am familiar with this term, but I don't do it a lot. So can you talk about um, oh getting God. physically ready for this role? Yeah. And the way you do. So my... My story in terms of, you know, getting physically ready for the role starts even during my audition process. Mm -hmm. um, so I had the first audition, Gina was there. And then I think I had the creative conversation with Viola. I might get, be getting the two mixed up, but it's either I had the creative conversation with Viola first and then my physical test, mm -hmm. or I had my fitness and physical test before having the creative conversation with Viola. But basically... Part of the audition was the stunt coordinator determining whether I would be able to do my own stunts or not. That was scary because <laughs> I've always wanted to do action and it was in my heart and spirit. But I've had friends look at me and say it to my face that I could never do action. You know, it's like, now nah, you don't have what it takes. They and friends. So, <laughs> no, right. In your face. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so doing that uh, fitness test and Danny Hernandez saying, yeah, yeah, there's something, you know, that that we can work with. And so after having gotten the role, I then put myself in Muay Thai classes and um there was a, a dojo I went to called House of Champions in, in, in Van Nuys. So I'd go there as often as I could. I took the group classes. I'd go, you know, sometimes twice a day because I just didn't want to start pre-production training from scratch. Um, and I took some private lessons. And Gina joined me in some of those private lessons. It was like our bonding thing. And then she Good, she me. should. If <laughs> you have to do it, everyone has to do it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. her thing. That yeah. She would never ask us to do something that she's not willing to do. It's good. You know, and then eventually we got into pre-production training. And so that was like a mix of different martial arts styles. I worked with Kenzie Emery, who taught me like the basics of weaponry. So working with the spear, working with the machete, working with, you know, different types of weapons. Because at that time, we didn't know what my character's weapon of choice is. So I had to be fluent in different types of weapons. And I absolutely loved it. And then we eventually got to working, you know, with the choreography, different fight styles as well. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely loved it. So it was like minimum three hours of martial arts a day. I had running and sprinting training. I was in the hills of Beverly Hills, like fighting for my life, <laughs> like running uphill, sprinting. Um, and then we had strength training uh, with Gabriella McLean. It was all very challenging. I had moments where I was like, what am I doing? And I would think about, you know, my favorite anime character and ask myself, what would Kenichi do? Mm. And that's what would get me through it because it was really hard, but very necessary. 
Like I just dropped the anime character. So are you really into anime? I am. I'm not. I, I wouldn't say like I'm an anime buff. So you can't ask me. Oh, this. What happened in this year? And oh, I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah. So I, there's no but quiz yes. about to come. My niece is though. So she's probably listening to right now, and she's gonna scream. Yeah. Like so, I can't hear her. What she's telling me to ask you. So, that's <laughs> so even when I was shooting the Underground Railroad, mm-hmm. um, like that's the time where I was just watching Naruto. That's what got me through. Like I like to escape, like completely escape the world that I'm working in while working. Awesome. Um, a lot of people are learning about you for the first time, and I I like to consider myself that guy that says I knew the band before it became famous. <laughs> so I usually like will kind of tell people that. <laughs> um, but for those who don't know, um, you were born in South Africa. How does a beauty from South Africa become a beauty in Hollywood? Like, where's that? Is that how does that road uh, and plane ride go? <laughs> My goodness, um, you know, obviously our our journeys will all be different. But I went to university. It's a university called uh, the University of the Witwatersrand in Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah. And I graduated in the year 2013. And I just, you know, I made a promise to myself that I would save up enough money to come to LA. Um, and I gave myself like five to six years to do that. And that's exactly what I did because it's expensive to come here. Our currency is wait, wait. practically non-existent. It, it, our currency in the U.S. is non-existent. This is oh, my, no. yeah, but yeah, but so I, you can I, imagine. I, I can yeah, imagine. Exactly. Yes. So it but, took me six years to be able to afford to be here for about two and a half months, basically. Wow. Yeah. And in the time, it was really just like coming to experience it for what it is. And it was a case of... I had a manager who was able to, you know, put me in general meetings with with studio executives, with casting directors. You know, if I could audition, that would be great as well. But I told myself, I just want to learn as much as I can in the time that I'm here. If something comes of it, yay, awesome. If nothing, then I've got a wealth of knowledge to take back and apply in South Africa. And what did you study? I'm sorry. During drama. The, drama. You studied drama. Yes. Okay, got it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's a theatrical background. And then... Fortunately, luckily, in that time that I was here, then I got the role of Cora in the Underground Railroad. I met with Barry Jenkins, and it was just amazing from there. <laughs> like I was walking down the street and I just ran into Barry Jenkins, and then he was like, "You're Cora," and then you were like, "Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that." Yeah, uh, but but it, uh, that's been uh, to watch the journey. And this is a big breakout year for you. In film. Yes, I mean, it's my sp- first film, yeah. Specify that in film. <laughs> um, your first film, and it's produced by Viola Davis, starring Viola Davis. Yes. Has Lashana Lynch in it, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. So I don't know what kind of movies you can do next after that. I mean, the bar has been set pretty high. Really high? I mean, there's like very few that you can, like, what, what, what was this experience like? Were you nervous uh, taking on such a big film for your first for your for your I don't, time. I don't think I was nervous um because I put myself in a position where I was ready for it. Mm. I auditioned for The Woman King I think April of 2021. Um I heard of the project in October 2019 and you know COVID did what it did so we didn't know when the auditions would be but October 2020 I bought the book The Amazons of the Black Sparta and I just started researching on it because I wanted to be ready when the opportunity came. And so when it did come, I put my best foot forward. 
at the end of the audition, Gina looked at me and she said, well, good luck with the rest of your career. I said, wait a minute. I was devastated. <laughs> You're like, I guess, exactly. guess that's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I was devastated. But in my devastation, I knew that I did the best that I could in the moment. You know, I'd given myself enough time to prepare and all I could do was my best. And I'm grateful that I I I got the role, and I know that in the Wait, give me that that gap time. So we, <laughs> she says that you're devastated. Like, when do you get the call back? Um. Okay, so I did the audition. I think I had the again the mm. between the creative call and and the fitness test. Maybe like a week or two later, and it was really quick. The turnaround was quick because I had another film that I was testing for, and so there was a. If I didn't test for the Woman King, that I wouldn't have gone with that other project, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So it was a quick turnaround. But yeah, it was in terms of auditioning, I had the first audition and then I had the, the test shoot. Yeah. And it, it was that kind of thing. But I, when she did say good luck, I remember mm. calling my friend and saying, oh my gosh, I didn't make it. You know, cry, 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 but then let it go as well. Did you already know who was in the film? And like, do you know? I knew of Viola. You just no one that, else. That was it. Yeah. Got it. No one else. But. So so you you get to so everything gets announced you get to set and then you see John Boyega in in uh, as the king and sitting in robes it's such a thankless role that he gets this time around I think you just put him in a chair and just and like just and, point just, and, and just point yeah <laughs> um were you, with what was that feeling like uh, on set obviously there were told covid of, of it all gina spoke about that here about everyone getting sent home uh in, in the middle and her thinking like are we ever going to come back did, did yeah. you think the same thing um i trusted the set that we were in you know they had like we the actors were in a strict bubble the entire time um there was strict protocol that we followed and so even when they made the decision to go to hiatus a week early, it was a preventative measure, which I was grateful yeah. for. So I was, I never felt like, oh, are we going to come back or not? Because they're taking you, the You time. knew you were coming. Yeah, you I was like, I'm going to hang out in Cape Cod. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the views from my apartment. Because again, I'm in, I'm in a bubble. <laughs> but um, it was a case for me where it's like, okay, when, when do I resume stunt training so that mm -hmm. I'm ready when we go again? How, how far were, because you shot in South Africa. Yes. How far was it from where you grew up? Ooh, so um most of horrible at geography. So you have to really like <laughs> give me okay. like like you have to kind of paint this out for me. Yeah. So um I was born and raised in a province called KwaZulu Natal, which loosely translates to the land of the Zulus. I'm Zulu. And um we shot the first two weeks of production in KZN, which was absolutely beautiful. Touching down, you know. In my home province, hearing people speak my language, going into these majestic locations. So when you, whenever you see the elephants and the different animals and the waterfalls in the movie, the big landscapes, that's, that's where I was born and bred. That's your, you know, just that's your in, like the city. That's the your city. backyard. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying, right? I was in the city part of it, um, and then we spent the rest of the time in Cape Town, which is about a two-hour flight from where yeah. I, I grew up. Yeah. So that's your backyard. <laughs> no. That, uh, that's what. That's you still what have to pay to see the animals. Right, that's true. <laughs> I, was, I was like, do you, do you have like spare bedroom? That's Tuso Mbudu, star of The Woman King, now in theaters. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. 
Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Awards Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tankay, Clayton Davis, and Michael Schneider, I'm Janelle Riley. We'll see you on the circuit. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.